The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. The House Show. For over one year, the revolutionary force in retro sports entertainment podcasts. This one goes out to all the gorgeous ladies. The Retro Network, The House Show Podcast, and Fabergé Organics Shampoo proudly presents to you this detour on the path through the decade of decadence. As we turn the house show into the house glow. Now let's welcome to the stage your trio's tag team champions. The mass library, Kevin Helliens. The educator of excellence and sweet Maddie Treats. Now strap on your spandex glittering thongs because there ain't no business like glow business. Welcome everyone to another edition of the House Show, House Glow, excuse me. It is I as always, Mr. Maddie Treats, and I'm joined by my trio's tag team partners to my left, right, whichever way the educator educator how you doing how we doing baby how's it going everybody out in retro land glad to be here today we are like four weeks away from my last set of classes at school i am so excited that we are ever so closer to the summer break just need some time off Uh, the hybrid learning thing just not a fan of it whatsoever hoping to get a hit the reset button and start fresh in this fall yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're very close. Uh, at least you get an off season. Unlike retail, we're a 24 seven job. So I hear you, man, but I'll be keeping myself busy this summer between the driving school and of course, picking up shifts at the game store. So can't sit around cause I'll spend money. No, you, you definitely can't. You <laughs> got those, much money. you got those new retros that we talked about on Monday. Yeah, still, still to purchase. So, uh, and then of course to my other area, <laughs> Mr. Hellions, Hellions, how you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, educator is saying that uh, he has to keep busy here, counting down the days until he is no longer tied to a computer for schoolwork. I, however, will be spending, I'm told, a week. I have a feeling next month rearranging my whole setup here. Oh, really? Yep. So longtime listeners, and, and you two as well, might recall last year, Kind of like when we first started the show about I had a hole in my house. How could you forget? Yep. So all that was done, but it doesn't look pretty. You can see like the plaster and, you know, where where stuff was done. So we were informed that starting actually the week that this airs, he will come here to finish that job. So my current understanding is in some sort of pattern i have to empty both bedrooms they're going to be fully repainted new trim put up along the walls and everything windows all new carpeting when that is done i then need to empty the living room for all new carpeting god knows what else because he's going to find stuff and when that is done apparently he's tearing apart the kitchen cabinets installing new ones there 
He says, oh, this will be a week because I have a week off of work. Not a chance in hell. No oh, he has, way. Oh, I got help. Unless it's 10 people. No, you don't. I already struggled to get into to get the car in the garage today because he's like loading stuff up now. It's crazy. I mean, it needs to be done and he's not charging us anything for it. He just feels guilty. We've lived here. Oh, my God. I've been here 12 years now. 12 years and none of the stuff has been done and it's been needed pretty much the entire time. <laughs> so we get the guilt rate for things. What's going to happen though when it's all done? Rent I'm really up? wondering if he's going to. I'm really wondering. Although I did do the math, I looked up, you know, because certain certain things are publicly available for you when you're in the town. Right. And I looked up what his parents paid for this house. And then I multiplied our ma our monthly rent by how long we've lived here. And we have paid the mortgage oh, for what sure. his parents paid for. Uh, Kevin, I wouldn't be gloating about what you pay as being a lot of money because <laughs> it's not that's a sad thing that we paid for this and then there's he's still renting out the downstairs which that's all that's all in pocket then let's i'm just saying um your your guys rent is so cheap it's ridiculous that's why we shut up about things that have needed to be done for 12 years <laughs> um i mean it's just yeah because you moved there when i was living there yeah right, in that area Right. Which is crazy yep. to me because that was a thousand years ago. <laughs> right. Yep. And you know how I know Same it was rent. a thousand years ago, Kevin? Because today is your birthday, my friend. What? This is the Kevin Hellion's birthday spectacular. Happy birthday, baby. Yeah. Happy birthday, buddy. How old are you this year? 43. 43. 43. Oh, man. <laughs> Just last year, I finally started working in a place that had this crazy thing. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or not, okay? So I apologize. Maybe it's because I'm the oldest of the group. But they offer this thing called retirement. Oh. I thought it was a delicious thing to have, like, after a meal, retirement. No. This is all about money that you put away, and then when you're too old to work anymore, you have money available to you. I don't know how none of the retail places I worked at over the years provided this. Uh, well, Kevin, we work at the same retail price. And I have a retirement. I also have a pension. <laughs> I have all this stuff. Maybe you shouldn't have just wiped your head on some towels and peaced out. I was working hard. I had 100% compliance on inventory. Now, that doesn't matter. It's a hard working person there. You know what my favorite thing to do? Just talking about my own birthday celebrations here. Yeah, yeah. What is your educator? Favorite? I don't know if you know this story or not. So a lot of stuff at the place that Treat still works at, and I worked at previously. A lot of it has to be prepared in the in the back. Boxes come in. You got to unpack the boxes. Get everything ready. Now and, let me know, just start this by saying a lot has changed since you last started working. Because you worked <laughs> there what fifteen so. years ago? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So when I was there. We would get stuff ready in the back, take it out boxes, hang it up and everything, you know, do whatever for it. And it would get hot back there, too, because you're just working in, you know, a, a giant metal box pretty much in the back room. So there were fans back there as well. One of my favorite things to do was to go up to a fan and fart and purposely angle the fan so it blew towards treats. 
<laughs> so I'd be at my station getting work done. He'd be at his station. I'd go move the fan. He's like, oh, good. Thank you for moving the fan. I was getting high over here. I'm like, oh, no problem, buddy. Took a couple of moments. And he's like, are you kidding me? Oh, God, it smells so bad. And then he's kind of stuck there, too. But the best was we worked with a lot of pretty girls over the years. There, that was like honestly one of the best things about working that place. <laughs> one of the girls comes back, goes over to talk to Treats, says, Oh my god, you smell so bad. <laughs> you just hear farting. It's Kevin. Kevin is on the other side of the room. How dare you blame him for just trying to get his work done? <laughs> I can't win. Oh, I'm so proud of myself. I can't win when it comes to that smelling like Kevin's fart. The worst is when I had my mouth open <laughs> and I could taste it. Stop. Always the worst, Kevin. Well, happy birthday, buddy. Uh, 43 years you young. Did, man. You now, Do you feel like you, you're peaking? I feel like I am better. You know what? Because I've made the point before for other people in, in other formats as opposed to two of you. When I was... When I look back to who I was in my 20s, I was a moron. When I look back to who I was in my 30s, I still feel like that person was a moron, which scares me because now I feel like when I'm in my 50s, I'm going to feel I was stupid for the things I've done today. But you have, if I was the same person in my 20s, that, like, I think that's a detriment to a person if you don't grow and change. Do you feel older? Oh, yeah. Okay, I've been adjusting in this chair because I got, like, a patch, like, right in the left side of my back in the middle. I feel like if I can stretch it, will stop hurting. Well, when did you? Working so when did you? I have an honest question for both of you guys. When did you start feeling old? Was it? Was I, it? My, my, I have a theory about this. Let me just explain my theory, and we'll see if it works. Is right. I feel like you start feeling old when you have the responsibility of raising a child. <laughs> Because I don't feel old at all. Now, I know I'm getting up there. And, you know, I'm in I'm in my, uh, I guess now, I guess mid-30s? When does it become my late-30s? When you're on the other half. I, I am on the other half, though. Well, but I feel go. like the mid is like 33 to 37, right? Would that be I'll the give you that. mid? Yeah. And then, yeah. okay. So I'm still in my mid-30s. Um, but I don't have any children. That you know of. I, I bought wrestling buddies. <laughs> right. Like, I don't feel <laughs> like if for dinner, wanted... I'm going to probably get 20 chicken nuggets from McDonald's. <laughs> no. Jesus. If you want to feel old, an educator had children before I did. But imagine you're wrestling buddies. Okay. Cool. And imagine that yeah. if you do not do everything to the best of your ability, they die. <laughs> And that is the scariest thing. Now, Educator was more set up. Now, when now, can I just, but before you go, Kevin, can we just mention uh, that before uh, we started recording this podcast, you just yelled to your child, I'm going to recording. Don't bother dad. That's literally well, what he, you wrote. Well, he's, he's, he's older now. Oh, he can okay, fend for okay, himself. Okay. Educator had his life more together when he had kids than I had mine together when I had a kid. But I remember bringing Declan home from the hospital and Elisa's mom was here just you know to help out and all that she's like okay I'm gonna go home and to sit here and go um there's a baby here like when's an adult gonna show up like we need someone that knows what they're doing 
like just absolute middle of the night terror. Yep. Of what the hell are we going to do? Is that, but is that the moment where all of a sudden it's like, okay, I got to get my together. Yes. I, uh, I that's mean, like the, that's like the mid, middle of the night epiphany. Like, okay, this is not serious. It's not just you that you're screwing up. You're screwing up somebody else now. So is, it, is yeah. that when you start feeling older, like you have that responsibility? Like, like that's my yeah. question, because I've always said, like, once you have a kid, you had that's what you live for, right? You're always living for yourself yeah. until Absolutely. you have to live for someone else. As I buy more video games and Hasbro's, I, I live for <laughs> well, my kids. Well, now, but think about this. Think about this. You got married. You sold all that stuff. Now you're yeah, coming back to true. it because mm-hmm. how, exactly. your kids are older. You understand, yep. like, you know, they're, they're going to be, you know, your oldest is what? Going to college here, right? Uh, Pretty soon. Know, yeah, she's doing taking her senior classes. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a car before Declan was born. That alone, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's crazy to think about. Like I said, I don't feel me personally. I don't feel old. Uh, you know, Kevin, when you say like I'm 43, it's like, holy shit, are old. But think about think, think about when you were mean, think about when you were 20 and how many 43 year olds you're like, God, these old bastards don't know what they're yeah, doing anymore. No, absolutely. Like, it's crazy. I, I, th- I think when I was still in retail and would have like some young kid that I had to train and they didn't have a clue about anything I know of no no like cultural touchstones that we had in common no movies no music no you know book what's that like I, I, nothing that's what i live kevin <laughs> i know that's what i'm saying like <laughs> you can probably relate to it then you're like oh, i gotta hang out with the old people now it's like yeah because you are old <laughs> i went over to my friend's house last night and we had tacos of course and there was four kids there and i'm talking to them and they were like, what did you do this weekend? I'm like, I went to the casino and I watched sports all weekend. And I was like, what did you guys do? They're like, well, we looked at cabinets for the kitchen. <laughs> like mm-hmm. just different lives, just different lives. Right. But it's fun. It's fun to intersect and, and kind of do it. And that's what you get when you get older. Maybe we should start a dad cast where you guys explain to me fatherhood. <laughs> it's our new podcast venture coming. I, I think if educator wants anything, it's more time commitments to podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, let me get all over that, please. <laughs> the dad cast starring the educator. The dadducator. The masked library. Good. Well, Kevin, happy birthday. Hopefully, it's did, a very happy did birthday. Did you line up your guest stars like you were threatening to? Or do I get the show ahead of time this week? No, nah, you'll probably get the show. I was too lazy. All right. <laughs> I, was at the, I was at the casino all weekend. I didn't have time. Spending money on stuff I can't afford, so... Uh, why don't we get right into Glow, episode 13, Run for the Rubies, part one. Oh, uh, exciting. This really is more of a prologue for Run for the Rubies than the actual Run right. for the Rubies tournament. Uh, but we will get into that. Uh, once again, we're starting in our Glow locker room. Uh, we're at the Riviera in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. We get our breakdown of the card. We get our shampoo commercial, Tiffany's Glow gossip. Um and then we get the glow wrap. I do want to ask you guys, we have been seeing Tiffany's glow gossip as the first segment, character segment, I should say, the entire series. The is entire that a series. good spot for her? Like, is it, like when they were putting the segment together, are they saying, okay, we're going to lead with Tiffany Mellon. She's the most voluptuous of our glow girls. Let's lead with her. Absolutely. Definitely le- leaves an imprinted mark on the viewer. 
Uh, I know that I spend most of my time not paying attention to what she's saying, but instead, you know, kind of, kind of looking, you know, but it is what it is. Uh, definitely get, puts it, gets you, gets you a spot. It gives you the tingles for, uh, what's going to be coming up later on in the episodes. Yeah. So, uh, why don't we, uh, you know, go right into it. We're going to go into match number one on the card, which is babe, the farmer's daughter taking on. Broadway Rose. So we see at the start of the match, Babe is visibly upset. She gets on the microphone. She's, you know, someone has stolen her pig. It's a stuffed pig that apparently she gives out to the fans. News to me that she's giving out pigs to a fan, but whatever. So we're missing uh, the stuffed pig. Broadway Rose ends up having it on a leash as she comes and does her entrance into the ring. So the match begins. Babe upset, charges Broadway Rose, who's got her back to the corner turnbuckle. Uh, Broadway Rose grabs onto the turnbuckle so that she could do like a bicycle kick, double kick up and knock Babe down onto the ground. We see Broadway Rose choking Babe over the top rope. We see Babe recover, hits a knee to the abdomen and then does a cartwheel into a head scissors takeover, which was a pretty impressive move for Babe to do. Broadway Rose comes back, slaps on the full Nelson and ends up doing a snap nare like takeover. Broadway Rose does a corner Irish whip into a monkey flip and ends up hitting a big running elbow to a downed uh, babe, the farmer's daughter on the canvas and is successful and goes for the pin. One, two, three pin quick match. Your winner, Broadway Rose. Maybe babe coming out with a pig like she's done every week and always for the fans is on the Mysterious Missing episode, along with Darren Mabel asking for this tag match for weeks. You know, it's almost like we're seeing every other episode here as they refer back to other things happening. Um, I, like, if you were here live, would you want to be given a pink pig as a gift? Or would you just kind of be like, eh, that's that's cool, give it someone else? If Babe was giving away her pink kitty, I'd be all over it. But Pig, I might pass on. So Broadway Rose has to hold down Babe for the pin. And it kind of reminded me, because we've seen it a couple times with this pin, but by heel is different. When Edge spears and pins Beulah at the one night only or one night stand pay-per-view, I kind of feel like a heel doing a... I'll call, I know I'm not being me here for once. I actually mean this, but like a heel doing a sexually suggestive or sexually aggressive pin, right? Just so heelish too, right? I don't know what it, I don't want to say demeaning or demoralizing. That's not quite the right word, but it it's a power play for sure. Right. And Broadway just holding Babe down. It just seems to be like the most heelish thing she's done in her glow career to hold her down like that. I, I and honestly, we, we've talked before about people should watch Glow and Steel moves, and even our crossover episode with At Odds, they were saying as well, like someone should take these moves. It'd be fantastic to do, you know, the, the handful of them. Someone should do this. Like there's enough good women's rosters out there on the show. Someone could do this and just look like such a heel that you hate, but you are drawn into her matches. Penelope Ford. Penelope doing this? Yeah. All right. Uh, this really was just kind of a squash match, in my yeah. opinion. Like, 
I, I think when, when the match started, I thought it was going to be a lot longer. I mean, it's what, like a minute, minute and a half it, tops? It's, I think. it's short. Yeah, um, very short. I was, I was very shocked by that because usually the, the farmer's daughter are very protected. Uh, but for some reason, they, they, they're going all in, it looks like, on uh, Broadway Rose here, which is... Yeah, I mean, it's all right. I, I don't blame them. So. Yeah. I, I just want to say, Penelope Ford, not a bad pick. My thought would have been Shayna Baszler. I don't think Shayna needs it. No, she doesn't need it, but just if, if if I'm picking someone that would, you know, could look even more heelish with such a dominant. You know who should be, actually, word, in all honesty? Pin. Who's a better? Frankie Monet. Frankie Monet. Huh. That could be calm. That could be fun. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. 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 Just her character, it seems like, once they actually get her into... Um, Get her going, all yeah, yeah. Get her going and and get her up and running. That would be a good add to her character. So, um, but anyways, why don't we follow that up with Doctor Field and Grope talking to Cheyenne Share, and then we guys we get a new uh, segment here. Not really a segment, a commercial uh, for the Run for the Rubies tournament for the Glow Crown. Mm-hmm. Um, can Can you tell us the details that are in the segment? For well, the that's what, I got a couple tournament? questions for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how many people in this tournament after the segment? Don't know. What's the don't tournament know. for? Don't know. How don't many know. matches? Don't know. Uh, all I know is it's going to be more exciting than the World Series and the Super Bowl rolled into one. Rolled into one, baby. Uh, what did you guys think? At least they're giving us something. At least we're seeing a week-to-week progression. This whole thing and the next episode absolutely feel like these tapings took place months later. Like if our yeah. first group was in a batch, this is brand new fresher energy newer ideas and everything there's definitely a a break in time between the two batches here do you feel that this was actually like season four of glow in a way yeah and they didn't um whoever bought it just put it up as season three continuation Uh, especially with nanachka maybe her contract's up let's she's done uh because we spoiler alert don't see her in either one of the uh episodes episodes, right uh she's still in the, the glow rap but She's not in any of the episodes, so maybe she's she's done for good, and now we're at the new, uh, you know, a new season here. Yeah, because if you do the twelve previous episodes, rerun them once, that whole batch once, you got half the year gone, and then start this as a new season. Yeah, just a thought, just a thought. So uh, then we get back into our shampoo commercial. Uh, we see a Zelda zinger, and then it leads to match number two on the card, which is Big Bad Mama. Taking on Sunny, the California girl. Now, okay. In oh, the past, no. I have loved female wrestlers named Sunny. Absolutely <laughs> adore them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is the worst knock knock joke I've ever heard for she, her. She botches it to start. Because she, <laughs> she botches she, it to begin with. As soon as she starts talking, she goofs it up already. It's so bad. Now, Treats, you've done open mic nights before. Have you ever seen such a display as this? Uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I, so I think if you had to rank them, I think I performed the best. Mm-hmm. I would say number two was Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker doing his stand-up, and number one would be Sonny, the California girl, as the worst stand-ups ever. Oh, My stand-up is probably really bad. I've never, I had the opportunity to buy the tape, and I was not buying that tape. No? No, I don't want to see myself on stage. Hey, hey, knock, knock. Who's there? Ammo. Ammo who? Ammo will kick your butt. 
Oh, big bad mama trying to do a little right. knock knock joke of her own. All right, I love that knock knock <laughs> joke. Why don't uh, big bad educator? Why don't you break down this match for us? All right. So after big bad mama tries to uh, counter Sonny's sad attempt at a knock knock joke, uh, big bad mama ends up attacking Sonny with a big headbutt. She does an Irish whip and a clothesline hard to take Sonny down to the mat. Sonny does recover and ends up doing a wrist lock onto Big Bad Mama, ends up climbing on top of her back, but Big Bad Mama essentially does a beal and pulls her off onto the canvas. We see Big Bad Mama with a big scoop for a slam, but ends up essentially almost tossing her, throwing her right down onto the canvas. We see Big Bad Mama with an Irish whip into the ropes. Sonny ducks a clothesline attempt by Big Bad Mama, and instead, she retorts with a double axe handle uh, into the abdomen of Big Bad Mama. Sonny tries to do a corner Irish whip, but Big Bad Mama is able to reverse, and she hits basically a short-distance running avalanche into the corner. Big Bad Mama tries to do a running uh, avalanche from the opposite corner, but Sonny ends up moving out of the way, and Big Bad Mama crashes and burns hard into the corner turnbuckle. Sonny tries to pick up Big Bad Mama, but... Big Bad Mama does basically a double arm drag to take her down to the mat. Sonny tries to hit a running drop kick, but it essentially just pushes Mama into the ropes, whose body ends up rebounding, and she does like a crossbody big splash onto a down Sonny. Big Bad Mama hits another big scoop slam and then does a running big splash and gets the one, two, three pinfall over Sonny. Your winner, Big Bad Mama. Was it... Johnny C or was it the commentator that just totally demeans and and patronizes Sonny by just by saying, Oh, that's good for you, Sonny. Like right after a knock knock joke, one of them said it. It's so bad. Like Sonny I I hate that I always fall into this role, but here we are. We've talked before about Tulsa's gear. You notice Sonny has the same fullback gear. And right. one of the only ones that right. does. Um, but she's just she's so bad, she messes up so much. It's two of the worst drop kicks I've ever seen. Like renegade level bad drop kicks here. Mama comes off the ropes for a splash, and Sonny's facing down for it. Like that probably that first splash probably was supposed to be the finisher, but she's not even facing the right way for a pin that's about to happen. I thought Big Bad Mama looked ticked off when because she gets up, drags Sunny around, then moves her onto her back, then hits a second splash, and then gets the pin on it. Like she honestly seemed ticked off about it for the match being botched for it. Um, little thing I noticed here, um, and I don't know if it's part of our, our our new group of tapings. It seems like the new spot that they all like is to do move once, hit it a second time. But when you go for it the third time is when your opponent moves out of the way. And I saw that a couple times. We've, we've mentioned before for different kicks and splashes and things that a lot of the girls seem to get. Uh, they all like the same move at the same time. I've seen this hit two, miss the third a couple times lately. Yeah, that seems to be what they've learned this year with the new trainer. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, the, oh, when does Shawn Michaels come in to train them so they can all look at their hands with emotion? He, he just teaches them how to be bald. Oh, I hope they're bald. Do I have to rerun your hair commercial? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Just a little trim. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, so once again, we get Godiva's Bare Facts. 
Then we get MTV's Glow Connection. Good that she's back for season four or three, three point five, 3.5, yeah. part two. There we go. And then we get match number three on the card, which is the cheerleaders, which is Vicky Victory and Cheyenne Shear taking on Sarah and Mabel. Uh, Kevin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your wife walked in on you watching Glow. What does she think of Sarah and Mabel? I, I was scared for a second. You saying your wife walked in on you watching Glow? I thought this conversation was going more embarrassing. She <laughs> comes in, Sarah and Mabel are on the screen. She just goes, "What the <laughs> hell are you watching?" And then, and I swear I am not making this up. She says, "Did Adam assign this as homework?" <laughs> Like, she didn't know it was Glow. She thought I was purposely watching some awful wrestling thing. Which, I mean, I am. But some other awful wrestling thing. I was like, that's Sarah Mabel. She goes, are those hoods? I'm like, yup. And look what they're held on to with. She's just staring. She's like, I was going to sit down and hang out with you and eat dinner. I'm going to just go to the other room and watch something that's not this. (laughs) I go, it'll at least be quick. So that's it. I said, no, I can't guarantee they don't come back for a segment later. Oh, in the no. Show. And they're they're used throughout. They're everywhere. Oh, oh, they get their own little spot. It's great. They're someone's favorite. Oh, yeah. I'm starting to fall in love with them. <laughs> it's great. That's the, a good The quote them. hooded fiends. <laughs> it's like the Godwins and the Dudleys had kids. Oh, I like the crazy. cheerleaders. Educator likes S&M. I like S&M, baby. <laughs> All of a sudden, I see Sherry in the background. What? What? <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, you know, Kevin's the king of breaking down the racism of our glow episode. So uh, are we hot tagging to Kevin right now? Not today. No. Oh, happy wow. birthday, Kevin. Happy birthday, Kevin. Uh, educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this tag team classic? So this is a special tag match. It is a no DQ tag. So you would think there'd be lots of brawling, lots of foreign objects, lots of, whoa, lots whoa, of crazy whoa. wackiness. Uh, I will guarantee you <laughs> Sarah and Mabel wanted nothing to do with foreign objects. <laughs> All right, so we see the cheerleaders start the match with an in-ring cheer, uh, you know, trying to get the crowd all fired up. Sarah and Mabel try to do a cheer of their own on the apron with their handmade newspaper pom-poms. They get their cheer on. The crowd's really not buying into it too much. Uh, But then, you know, Sarah decides to take a torch and uh, light her paper newspaper pom-pom on fire and throw it in the trash can as a distraction, I guess, to the other two cheerleaders. We see the heels end up doing a double Irish whip to the faces. Uh, The faces end up doing a headlock takeover into basically like a leaping snap nair at the same or a leaping jumping nair at the same time. The faces do a bunch of cartwheels into a splash in tandem as Sarah and Mabel were laying down on the canvas. The cheerleaders do a bunch of handstands into a falling splash again in tandem while Sarah and Mabel are still laying down on the canvas. A third attempt for the handstand cartwheel splash results in Sarah and Mabel uh, kicking up on both of the cheerleaders, causing causing them to fall back first onto the canvas. The heels girls get up, Irish whip the face cheerleaders in tandem, and each are able to do a back body drop. And at one point, uh, Cheyenne Cher gets tossed out through the ropes onto the floor. Uh, 
We see Vicky Victory attempt to recover. She climbs to the top rope. She leaps over Sarah, but ends up getting caught by Sarah in a full Nelson. Eventually, the faces are able to hit a double tandem drop kick that takes both heels down to the canvas. The cheerleaders end up doing an Irish whip and a running knee in tandem to hit Sarah and Mabel to cause them to double over onto the canvas. The cheerleaders each climb a to- uh, opposing top ropes and they each do a split leg uh, drop, uh, basically a leg drop, but it's more of a you know cheerleader split over the heels. Uh, the heels end up kicking out of the cheerleaders' pinfall attempt, trying to hit tandem splashes off of the off of the ropes as well. The cheerleaders end up doing a recovery, and they hit essentially a quadruple front rolling there all together, uh, bringing Sarah and Mabel down to the mat. Both cheerleaders end up doing a double leg jackknife roll up onto Sarah and Mabel, and we get a double pinfall. Your winners of the match: Vicky Victory and Cheyenne Share. So we talked when we opened the show about Treats was asking us when we feel old and how our bodies feel and everything. And I'm just wondering after this match if anyone else needed a cigarette. This, Love it. It's, it's a double mint gum commercial of a match. What it is. And honestly, I think it's Vicky Victory's best match because she's copying Cheyenne Cher for stuff. It's just a double drop kick, a double backdrop, a double knees, a double head scissors, a double this, a double that. Quadruple snapmare. Which is really a double because it's being done, but whatever. It, it worked. Like, it didn't work as a anything goes match, but as a all four can be in the ring going at the same time. It really worked. The crowd was excited for it. I really want to figure out who Sarah and Mabel are. Just to compare who they, you know, their skills. Cause I'm positive. It's someone else on the card. I'm sure of it. It's just someone else under a mask without their hair and makeup all done up. But I, I'd, I'd be curious to see like the wrestling styles of things, you know, cause every so often someone will come out in a mask and we'll be watching and go, Oh, we know right away who that is because signature move. Oh, the Halloween havoc series. You could tell it was Rick Rude. Right. So, you know, I mean, body alone you could, but especially when he was sitting in certain moves. So I kind of wonder if, I mean, what what would we do for Sarah Mabel? They hit a splash. Well, well that's half the card, you know. Like <laughs> it's not narrowing it down any for it. Um, but I, I actually, their their horrible antics were kind of toned down for this match. Which Cheyenne Share being out there, they could have done some awful stuff. I was shocked they didn't. Very fun match. I liked all the double team moves. I had a blast watching it. The the only weird thing I noticed at the beginning, uh, Sarah and Mabel actually get their own rap, and there's no one around them. It's <laughs> I just never noticed that. Mabel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. No one else around. Nothing like like they forgot to film and they go, oh, "Crap, just good in there quick." Do we right. need people around? Nope. Nope. No one will notice. We'll just zoom in on the two of you. But it's clear they're the only ones around for it. Yeah, they're they're clearly someone's someone's really into them. I really enjoyed the cheerleaders. They're probably my favorite tag team that we've seen. Um, they really even you know we say that um, Vicky Victory is basically like the the Ms. Dow of the group, where she's just kind of mm-hmm. copying everything uh, Cheyenne Shears doing. I, I think it works great. Like I think it's good, especially when it looks very synchronized. Um, the beginning sequence uh, from them, 
works really well. I honestly am under the belief as someone that goes to Vegas quite often, they could revive glow in Vegas and have it be a sexy wrestling like easily with with the characters um, and they could just do the same show. It wouldn't have to you wouldn't really have to do it. Um, you know, like they, they're producing this for television, so they're mixing up the matches. I mean, you could do a choreograph match, especially with the amount of talent they have for like Cirque du Soleil and different things right. like that, um, which really would be really, really cool, I think. And, and they could do some really fun stuff with it uh, now. Um, but yeah, why not, why not do a Vegas style of the old territory days? Here's your new episode on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. Here's the card coming up that you're doing in all the towns. But instead of doing like, here's the town run on Monday, here's town run on Tuesday, here's town Wednesday, that's your Vegas shows for the week. So all week long, these two will have a match. And then you air a new episode, and then that's the show for the next week. I mean, you you could, or you could just do it, or maybe monthly. Right, even monthly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because when you think Vegas show, most people don't go to the same shows like... You know, myself, I've seen different ones while I'm there. Um, try not to go to the same show twice because they really don't change. They're they're pretty pretty much the same. So, uh, but no, they could easily, easily, easily um, pull it off and, and do it. Especially with these, you know, it, it does look like it would be a lot of fun to be in the crowd. So, um, but let's follow that up with Beastie's Beanery. Uh, we get a shampoo commercial. We get our Mountain Fee- Mountain Fiji dream sequence with Justice. And then we get match number four on the card, which is Evangelina taking on Zelda the Brain. Um, And this match, guys, had what I think is my favorite one-liner I have ever heard in a glow match. Really? On television. I loved this line so, so much. And it came from the announcer talking about... uh, Evangelina saying she only reads the Bible to find the loopholes. I really enjoyed that line. I don't know why I, I I popped for that. So, uh, but what'd you think of uh, this Zelda, the brain? Uh, Am I crazy or did this match work? It did. Absolutely did. Uh, Zelda, uh, the, the, the chemistry between the two, they, they worked a, what seemed to be a very competitive match back and forth with each other. Uh, we, we, the, the, the finish kind of looked a little botched in that it seemed like Evangelina was the one that was doing the offensive maneuver, but Zelda ends up cradling her up for the pinfall itself. I liked the match. I thought it was great fun start being, you know, the former science teacher that I am, you know, love the uh, little dig about, you know, reading the good book, Evangelina reminding everyone to read the good book. And Zelda has her good book in the ring and it's, uh, you know, Darwin's evolution, which completely contradicts, of course, uh, Evangelina's belief system, I guess. And that really got her fired up to start the match. But yeah, I thought it was a great chemistry between the two back and forth. I mean, Evangelina coming out saying that all the planets and the sun revolve around the earth and Zelda coming out proving science is different. Uh, you know, oh no, wait, that was Galileo. Okay, Zelda comes out with Darwin. Well, I'm sure this taking place in the 80s. By the 2020s, we have moved on and accept science for the truth of it and don't debate things like this anymore. Hmm. Maybe, maybe Zelda should come back. 
help us all. You know, she probably would come back, but she'd probably stumble into the room to do so. Yeah. You think she could learn to work the ropes with her with her brain that she's got. So, um, but educator, why don't you go ahead and, and break down what I what I think is one of the better matches we've seen so far? Absolutely. Absolutely here. So Evangelina takes an exception to Zelda having her book on Darwin's evolution, ends up snatching the book from Zelda and kind of using it like as if it was a steel chair to try to hit Zelda with it. She ends up choking Zelda over the top rope. We see Evangelina with a an Irish whip, and Zelda is able to hit a sunset flip as a response. Only gets a one count from the referee. We see Evangelina tries to do a running elbow on a down Zelda, but Zelda rolls out of the way, so Evangelina ends up missing. We see Zelda with a side headlock, and she tries to run up the ropes as if she's doing a, a, the corner turnbuckle, as if she's trying to do a slice bread number two. Uh, but Evangelina ends up tossing her over her, over the back. So, uh, you know, Zelda's not successful with the maneuver. Evangelina ends up hand, hitting a standing vertical suplex uh, to take Zelda down to the canvas. We see Evangelina with a fireman's carry and essentially tossing Zelda over the top turnbuckle. Zelda does recover and ends up hitting a running drop kick to take Evangelina down. Zelda with a unique arm scissors into an arm bar. Uh, but Evangelina uses a handful of hair onto Zelda to escape that armbar attempt. Zelda ends up hitting a drop kick, but then attempts to do the Hulk Hogan-like leg drop. Evangelina rolls out of the way as Zelda now misses that leg drop. We see Evangelina with an Irish whip, and she tries to hit a suplex on Zelda as Zelda is running back from the Irish whip. So as Evangelina cradles her over for the suplex, somehow Zelda ends up turning it into an inside cradle small package, and Zelda ends up getting the one, two, three pinfall victory on Evangelina. Maybe it was just me watching it, but there was Evangelina punches Zelda. It's about halfway through the match, and then does the suplex that she does not seem like she has the strength for, or Zelda's not posting to help out or something, but it was it's been a while since well no it hasn't been that long it's been since the pile driver but i thought for sure someone was about to get hurt watching it it just really seemed like neither of them should be attempting a suplex at all i don't know if it's strength positioning not working together what it was but there's my my cringing moment here for the night uh towards the end there though was Zelda like was she going for a basement drop kick or did she just botch it so much that she hit super low? I think it was uh, kind of like a basement drop kick for it. Yeah, because it, it was just surprising. I thought, what the heck is she trying to do here for it? Um, you're right. There was a bit. Uh, nope, wrong person. I'm trying to mention there. Evangelina, though, like her best match really but such a, a nothing character overall though like we don't see enough of her she doesn't really have someone she teams with i thought her and dementia would have made sense but i guess not yeah so then we follow that up with our new segment of the show which is reform God. school with sarah and mabel now let's go to the educator because you are a teacher educator uh what, getting, what, getting some vocab on yeah what know? did you th- what did you think of this did you like this <laughs> use the word realize in a sentence these are math real eyes. I don't wear no contacts. Oh, baby. <sighs> <laughs> Love it. You know, yeah. screw it. You know what's great 
for me. No, is that what we're going for? No, no, that's not what it's going for. Oh, okay. So the type of person Sarah and Mabel is based on is the type of person to say speak our language in this country, but is also the type of person, much like Sarah and Mabel, to not actually know the words or to have a vocabulary or proper grammar. Do you think this is a parody, Kevin? Do you think this is a very nuanced critique of the American I culture? I think it's the only way I can accept it, as okay. if this is a parody. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, so then we follow that, of, of course, the shampoo commercial. Then we get Country Girl Dates. Um, and then that leads us to our main event of the evening, which is our Las Vegas lottery match. Um, so apparently how this works, let me just go through this. <laughs> yeah. Please explain it. Yes. Okay. There I is what it was and versus what it turned out to be. With yeah, there's very, different <laughs> very different. There's 28 competitors in jars, not their names are in jars, not them actually in a jar. Wow. Um, so they have them broken up into, uh, Aunt Kitty's heels and, uh, Sally Stallone's, <laughs> what was her name? Jack. Jackie Stallone's faces or whatever. Um, so they're going to pull four names and uh, the, they come out one at a time. It's almost like a war games almost. Kind of like a war game. See, initially I thought it was a gauntlet match where like after, mm-hmm. you know, the first pinfall, okay, then someone else is going to come out. Then it turned out to be kind of like a war games, but a, like a rumble. I don't know. It was just crazy yeah it's very interesting uh match um so anyways the the four face so it goes uh, face heel face heel face heel face heel um so you know you get sympathy on the faces because they're outnumbered the entire time right a little backwards there no it's backwards is what i'm getting oh yeah 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 you're right um so we start off with lightning and beastie then they draw tiffany melon and then godiva then we get Thunderbolt because, I mean, it's shocking. It's amazing that even though uh, Thunder or Lightning was the first one, Thunder got her name miraculously, you know, miraculously yeah. drawn. Out of all 14 that were supposedly left in the jar, 12 now that, you know, we've got, you know, both uh, Lightning already in there and Tiffany Mellon somehow miraculously one out of 12 chance. She just happened to get picked. Yeah. Um, and then we get Godiva, Thunderbolt, MTV. Then we get Roxy. So we got Roxy. We got two face tag teams that are in there. (laughs) And Dementia uh, ends it up. The crowd goes crazy for Dementia because she's just clearly a fan favorite here. Um, So one, what did you guys think of the match? Uh, Did you like the setup of it? Even though it was a little different. I mean, it's glow. So they're going to do their own little take on everything. Um, So, uh, yeah. What did you guys think? It's basically their, their version of a rumble slash war games without the cage. It, it wasn't really well explained for what it was, but then once you started to see the sequence and the pattern that was going on back and forth, you know, it was what it was. It ended up being two face tag teams versus, you know, a bunch of random combination uh, heel ladies um, in there, just trying to get a whole bunch of faces on the, or a whole bunch of different talent, you know, on the episode. Give him a paycheck, I guess. So twenty five hundred each for the winners, right? Ten thousand dollars going to split ten grand and twenty five hundred each. And so if you're the last draw, you're making some you're making some bank for your little little time to actually true. contribute. I mean, for 
basic wrestling booking is the heels get the advantage like super basic wrestling booking and they don't even do this you're you're saying war games though and i had a horrible thought of imagining a steel cage and glow <laughs> and the cage is shorter than the wrestler's height in my head just like the ring ropes it's like the two it's like the two cw cage that we saw well you Aww. know what but if they got thrown <laughs> off if they get thrown off the top of it mm-hmm. they just fall into some pillows right mm, true you yeah. know so uh educator why don't you go ahead and break down our oh. all right let's buckle up our chin straps and enjoy this ride so the start of the match we have light lightning against beastie beastie charges and ends up missing lightning but ends up catching her uh catching lightning with a back elbow in a retort we see beastie pick up lightning with an over-the-shoulder slam lightning is able to recover hits a running drop kick lightning tries to do a top rope cross body but bc ends up catching her and then gives her a big scoop slam lightning is able to recover and tries to do a running drop kick but beastie essentially sidesteps out of the way then we see tiffany mellon is called in as competitor number three she ends up hitting a few drop kicks on the beastie little bit of double teaming on the face side until Godiva is now called in at number four. As Godiva enters the ring, she kind of try to tries to hide behind the ref and stalls getting into the match itself, but she ends up hitting a clothesline to lightning from behind to knock her to the canvas. Godiva tries to do a running splash to Tiffany Mellon, uh, but Mellon ends up doing a double foot leg extension that causes Godiva to do a pretty... Uh, Pretty cool-looking front flip onto her back. The faces end up hitting a tandem splash and try to do pinfalls, but the heels end up kicking out, even though the match didn't officially, you know, for the pinfall component, didn't really officially start yet. Uh, We see Beastie do a double-leg catapult and uh, Godiva and a a tandem maneuver uh, to Lightning, and as Lightning is getting flung, Godiva hits a short-arm clothesline. So that was a pretty cool double-team maneuver. We see Thunderbolt now called in at number five. Uh, Something I noticed about Thunderbolt here, she's lacking her typical ring gear. She doesn't have the bottom half white long tights that almost match the rest of her outfit. So she's kind of got like flesh tone uh, and the thong is super obvious with her outfit in this episode. Uh, Next episode, we end up seeing her in a regular uh, gear itself. Uh, we see uh, Thunderbolt end up hitting a running drop kick to the Godiva. All three faces end up getting piled into the corner, and then BC hits a running avalanche to crunch all three of the late face ladies together. Godiva tries to hit her Buckingham bounce, uh, Bronco Buster uh, into the corner, but all of the faces end up moving out of the way, and she ends up crotching herself over the top rope. NTV is now called in at position number six. She ends up attacking Tiffany Mellon and mounts her in the corner uh, and is basically choking her uh, and pounding her in the forehead. All three heels end up doing a corner to uh, center Irish whip to cause all three faces to collide together. All three heels then end up lining up in the middle of the ring and they end up doing the, the rowboat leg stretch to kind of tear the inner thigh muscles of the faces now Roxy Astor is now brought into the match in position number seven. Uh, with the one lady face advantage, all three of the heels are piled into the corner. And for whatever reason, all four faces decide to do a Samba lineup 
and uh, do a running charge for an avalanche into the corner. So you've got like seven ladies now piling into the corner. So you would think that whoever was the first face is getting crushed by her three partners from behind. But apparently, no, it was not not that much of an issue. So I don't know that logic there. Um, then we hear commentary talking about s- suggesting dementia has now been called in, but it's taking her forever to get to the ring. She does finally show up and enter the match. We see Godiva tossing Roxy Astor over the top rope to the floor and ends up following. And those two ladies spend most of the time brawling on the floor for the remainder of the match. We see Beastie hitting a very weak looking second rope splash onto Tiffany Mellon as MTV and dementia are holding her arms and legs at bay. So she can't really roll out of the way or escape. Beastie hits that second rope splash uh, Beastie ends up uh, yeah, going for the pinfall and is successful. Beastie makes the pin one, two, three. Uh, the re- and the winners are the heel ladies. When they're presented the check, Beastie ends up snatching the check and stuffs it into her mouth and starts eating it for whatever reason. And the rest of the heel team's kind of like, well, not dementia, but the other two, MTV uh, and Godiva, are like flipping out because their share of the winners' purse is now li- lost. So the winners of the match, Beastie, Godiva, uh, we've got Dementia and MTV. Like like we're saying, the match started and it was very confusing what the rules were. As it continued, I think eight women was too few. I think if this was a gauntlet style or all 28 eventually or something like, you know, uh, people get eliminated along the way, could have been better. Because what I ended up enjoying was seeing people that aren't regular tag teams in GLOW pair up to do stuff. Like, Beastie and Godiva actually work really well together. They were really good. Uh, I had a heck of a time with them. Not that there's a GLOW tag team scene or, or, you know, a tag team title or whatever. But they absolutely could have gone for it. Um, I thought Lightning, on the flip side here, I thought Lightning without Thunderbolt in the ring for the first part of it did really well. She held her own up, you know, as a singles wrestler here for the start of the match. I liked her work here more than I've liked her in the, in the superhero team. I've like Thunderbolt from day one, but lightning like really stood out here and all. And I got to wonder if maybe an audible was called after the match got started because you see that even the referee was confused trying to count a pin before all eight women were in. Like, that's just a basic thing that you should know for how the match is progressing. But with our questions on booking, our questions on, you know, storyline purposes, how well-trained the women are, I got to throw it out there now, too. Were the referees even trained? Because we got this one counting a pin when you can't even count one for match. And how many times have we seen a referee just stand there? They're not involved. They're not counting anything. They're not calling anything. And then they they need to be woken up. Like half the rest, half the women are getting George or George uh, King Kong Bundy five counts because they're waiting the two beats for the referee to get over there to get in position to make a pin. This one's just out of it for a while. I'm going to go like- with I'm going to go with the refs were not I repeat were not <laughs> trained and I'm also going to go with there was no audible called during the match. No, nope, you think they just screwed up? I, I don't think they know what's going on. 
I think you're overthinking it. How are you going to call an audible in the who? Who's your ring general in there? Those already out there. Beastie. Godiva, when she came in fresh, sent word from the back. Got the message in there. Yeah, I'm sure. When they when they were in gorilla, <laughs> they came out. Yeah. It's actually called the Gorilla My Dreams for Glow. The Gorilla My Dreams position. No, it is your birthday, so. <laughs> oh, wait, I could get away with dumber remarks? I should have prepared. Yeah, I know. Uh, did you have anything else to add, Mr. Hellions? No, no, it, it is such a weird match, though. It is. Um, so we followed it up with a mirror, mirror on the wall segment. Uh, we get another run for the Rubies commercial. Then we get credits. Uh, we see that they're starting to sell glow T-shirts. Ooh. And uh, Johnny merch. Johnny C runs into uh, Big Bad Mama. And that ends the show. What did you guys think? Is? Glow T-shirt is yet? This Back in that day, or currently? I can't find currently. it. Currently. <laughs> I'm looking. People I'm looking. don't want to give them up. That's right. Yeah. Who knows what those t-shirts have become? Uh, what did you uh, What you guys think of this one? Was it a good reset? Uh, the last match kind of, I mean, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. Maybe just thinking outside of the box, trying to do something new. Uh they're they're holding off, I guess, on bigger plans for for the title. You know, if there was some kind of weird stipulation, like you know, the winner of that particular eight woman Las Vegas lottery, like advanced to the second round of the tournament without or gets a buy, you know, to the semifinals or something, something cool like that, that would have been you know, fun. Um, I guess they're just trying to you know figure things out as they go. They're kind of booking on the fly. Under the theory that this is a different taping, like a, a different quote season, um, an educator, you can probably attest to this. I would say this first episode is like the first day back at school. Like, listen, yeah. I need you to get back in the groove of things. I'm not going to actually teach anything today. <laughs> and then we'll we'll start it again in a day or two. Right. Here are the basics. Here are the ground rules. Let's remind ourselves we're, we're, the, we're the pillar. Hey, the pillar never got smashed this episode, did it? It didn't. No. It will the next one, though. It, so. will. Yes, it uh, will. But why don't we take a quick little break, and we will return after these messages. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This message is for Kevin. Kevin from myself, the educator, Crone uh, Meltzer, everyone from your Retro Network family. Happy birthday. And I got a special birthday shout-out from someone um you know, right now. And what is up, man? This is Jackson Riker from WWE Raw. Just finished up with night two of WrestleMania. Such a big week. Listen, I hear you're turning 43 tomorrow. Here it is. It's uh, 10, 12 p.m. on a Sunday night. Um, getting ready for Raw tomorrow. Hope you can watch Elias and I do what we do. But little buddy, big 43 years old, my man. So here you go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Man, I'm a singer. Happy birthday, dear Kevin. Happy birthday to you. Buddy, have a great birthday. God bless you. I know that uh, you're going to get everything you want. Bunch of wrestling figures, bunch of cake and cookies, which is my favorite personally. But listen, dude, enjoy your birthday. Four years old, man. 
Love it. Hey, hope to meet you one day. Take care. All right, and we are back once again, and we start right in our women's locker room, um, and then we go right into our card breakdown live from the room. What? Are you really skipping it over? Skipping what over? Daisy and the Tall Tales? The best punch we have seen in 14 episodes. Over the the head. I mean, these were like Andre the Giant, man. Daisy just clobbering the referee. Yeah, great. I was going to go through and ask if there was anything you wanted to talk about, but you're kind of ruining the flow of the show, Kevin. I'm blaming you, Kevin. Come on, Kevin. <laughs> um, no, first, blame me for stuff. Yeah. Won't no, we get our shampoo commercial, Tiffany's glow gossip. We get the glow wrap. Now, Kevin, would you like mm-hmm. to discuss the opening segment where I think when I saw this, I really said to myself, Man, they should put the they should put the crown on Daisy because she's playing into the camera. This is the first time she's shown some real personality without Gremlina yeah. there, uh, and, and having fun with it. I, I think Daisy, as she gets more and more comfortable, is just showing so much potential for yeah. being a, a bigger character. Now that she can get much bigger, but you know, because she talks. No, I just love the punch. I really want to make a gift were of it. So chemical, were so comical. They were over the top. I, I, Daisy, I she's looking cuter and cuter. Yeah, as we go along. I mean, she's still wearing the the torn up clothes gimmick kind of deal because dementia won't you know pay for better ring gear and so on. But um, I don't know if it was just makeup done differently or whatnot. But she's she she's a looker here. We like her. I, I hope for new gear if there is a face turn. Right. Yeah. So uh, why don't we start off with a run for the rubies match? What? What How that means? I, I don't know. I think just because a girl loses, though, doesn't mean she's eliminated. No, because all the losers are in a battle royal at the end. But then where in your tournament does the winner of that battle royal fit in? Because it wouldn't be fair for them to get a bye into a final round. I, if I, it's a seat of eight and they get number eight. Sure, I could see that. There, There is no real uh, rules still to this, but we start off with Major Tanya um, taking on Vicky Victory in our first uh, match for the tournament. Uh, what did you guys think of this one? Is Major Tanya basically taking uh, taking over for Nanachka? I it, it appears she's getting her singles run. Uh, she's going after the glow crown to make up for the fact that her comrade, Colonel Nanachka has apparently turned her, turned her back to the country, to the ways of which their team once was. Uh, and here, I guess we're now seeing what major Tanya is capable of doing all on her own and seeing if she can kind of step in and fill the shoes that once was occupied by Colonel Nanachka. I mean, if you, and you two have pointed out numerous times I'm wrong about this. But if you had long-term booking for Glow, haven't Tanya just run through this tournament to show that she's better than Nachka would be a heck of a story. Right. Absolutely. Guessing that's not what's gonna happen, but no, I, I'm gonna guess not. But it was good to she shows up that she's dominant at the start of it. Um, so, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down the start of this match? So, the start of the match, Major Tanya's on the mic, and we see Vicky Victory, for whatever reason, starting the match by climbing to the top rope. Once Major Tanya <laughs> says what she wants to say, Vicky Victory starts by just leaping off of the top rope for a crossbody. 
She ends up hitting a handspring into a drop kick that t- takes Major Tanya to the mat. Vicky Victory tries to do a corner monkey flip, but Major Tanya holds on and essentially tosses Vicky Victory off. Vicky Victory does a two-handed arm drag and a leaping headlock into a cradle takedown. We see Vicky Victory with a, te- uh, a second rope leap into a leg split and ends up hitting a double axe handle on her way down onto the abdomen of Major Tanya. Tanya, able to reco- uh, recover, does a corner Irish whip and then lays in a few left hands to the gut to Vicky Victory. We see Major Tanya with a double leg takedown and then does a slingshot catapult to send Vicky Victory across the ring. Major Tanya does an, ir- uh, an Irish whip into the ropes, but Vicky Victory reverses it, ends up doing a hip toss attempt, uh, but ends up getting one of her own and a cradle for a one count pinfall try. The girls end up rolling out on the floor. They brawl for a little bit. Major Tanya ends up ramming Vicky Victory into the corner post. Love the sound effects that are being added on for those corner post spots. Vicky Victory ends up reversing an Irish whip attempt and then sends Major Tanya into the same post. And we get that awkward added uh, thug. Vicky Victory goes up to the apron and does an apron leap into a split leg onto a downed Major Tanya on the floor. Eventually, the ladies end up back in the ring. Vicky Victory tries to do a leg roundhouse kick, but Major Tanya ends up catching the leg and hurls Vicky Victory back onto the mat. Major Tanya starts choking Vicky Victory along the ropes. She ends up doing an Irish whip and a back body drop to Vicky Victory. Major Tanya with a big scoop body slam. We see Major Tanya with a big airplane spin and then a slam onto the mat. Major Tanya with an Irish whip and then catches Vicky Victory and does a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker, ends up doing a jackknife roll-up pin similar to Nanachka and celebrating how Nanachka used to, both hands up in the air, and Major Tanya with the 1-2-3 pinfall victory after that tilt-a-whirl backbreaker, your winner, Major Tanya. Like, Vicky had a couple things at the beginning, and and honestly, I think, just because she took Tanya by surprise, but Tanya is super dominant for this match. And Vicky uses her, her cheerleading gymnastics, tumbling skills to just sell everything Tanya's doing though. Like she, Tanya tosses her and it, Vicky makes it look like she's being tossed with such force back into the mat from the floor that she goes full headstand for it. Which just makes Tanya look that much stronger and more powerful and like a real contender here for the Run for the Rubies tournament. Um, Tanya even made like an airplane spin look good against Vicky there. Like not, you know, not necessarily a devastating move, not really anything. I mean, unless Cesaro's doing it at this point now for 2021. But I thought it was great showing for Tanya. You got to place her as a top contender for this tournament here. Um, Vicky, I, you know, from based on previous matches, I wouldn't have really placed uh, any faith into for going further for it. But she does very well for selling and making an opponent look good here. And I'm surprised I'm hearing myself say that, too. Uh, just in case, though, because we're seeing how, you know, Tanya's here. It looks like it's a new Ninochka thing and all. Uh, the announcer, however is not done bearing Nanachka. I would think with her being a face now, 
he would cheer her on and with her defecting and all. But nope, he still has an agenda against her and has to throw out some crass one-liners against Nanachka. Yeah, it's, it's part of his gimmick. It's part of part of his gimmick. So, um, all right, we get a Dr. Feel and Grope segment with Sarah and Mabel. We get a shampoo commercial. Then we get Zelda Zingers. Uh, educator, I feel like Sarah and Mabel are growing on you. So, so what did you think of uh, their Dr. Feel and Grope segment? Sarah and Mabel just being their corny self, redneck self, you know, it's they're growing on me. They're growing on me. Looking forward to seeing if they get their little spot segment in uh, reform school later. I I think that the whole reason that they had to visit doctors feel and grope is because something's growing on them. Oh no. Nothing. A little tussin won't take care of maybe some streptomycin. And that leads us to match number two on the card, which is mountain Fiji taking on stinky and MTV. What a tag team stinky and MTV. It's I'm trying to wrap my head around like Stinky's role here and in, in the company, I feel like she's like the Barry Horowitz of Glow. <laughs> you know, uh, is there is tries to be competitive, but always ends up in a losing effort. I feel like a slight gimmick change here, like maybe that she doesn't stink and you know shoots her scent at people. Stinky and MTV could have like been a believable team together. Just, you know, got a certain uh, rock star look to her for Stinky and all would have made sense to pair up with MTV. What would you call their tag team? And why would it be Stank TV? <laughs> oh, is this is this your VH1? It, it could, I mean, could be VH1. Uh, what what color does MTV typically wear? Pink and green. Yeah, so stinking pink. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I had to go there, man. I had to go there. All right, educator, why don't you break down uh, Mountain Fiji versus stinking pink? <laughs> All right. Why didn't they do stinky in the brain with Zelda's fingers? Stinky in the brain. There we go. All right. All right. So we see the start of the match. Stinky is distracting Mountain Fiji. As MTV is trying to use a pair of scissors, I guess, to to cut uh, the sarong outfit that is Mount that Fiji is wearing. I think so. I thought it's she un- had like a match or something. Oh, I think she was right. cutting it. The, the right, ring announcer right. or the commentary made it suggest she was trying to uh, slice up the outfit itself. Uh, the heels end up trying their typical double arm bar, opposite arm bar, arm bar like maneuver that is customary for like the Andre the Giant type match. Mountain Fiji is able to ward the ladies off and break away. The heels do multiple rope runs where they're trying to like body bash into Mount Fiji. At one point, Mount Fiji moves out of the way and the heel girls end up crashing into each other. The heels end up hitting two double drop kicks that somewhat stagger Mount Fiji back. But the third attempt results in Mountain Fiji hitting a double clothesline, knocking both heels to the canvas. We see Stinky climb to the top rope. She hits a cross body onto Mountain Fiji, but Mountain Fiji just catches her and then tosses her uh, right onto MTV, and both ladies crash hard onto the canvas. Uh, 
We see Fiji picking up both heels at the same time for a body slam. That was kind of impressive to see. We see the heels end up rolling out of the ring and they start cowering at ringside. They're reluctant to get back in. They're like kind of like, you know, hinting that they're going to like take a count out loss and they're going to the back of the locker room. But MTV wasn't having it. And for whatever reason, MTV decides to grab Stinky and like throw her under the bottom row back into the ring to restart the match itself. Fiji attempts to go after Stinky, but MTV tries to break up the attack uh, and and go after Fiji. But Fiji, uh, Fiji does a pretty vicious scoop slam, dropping MTV hard on the canvas. And then for whatever reason, Stinky, who was frustrated that she got thrown into the ring by her partner, instead of attacking Mountain Fiji, she decides to hit a big running splash onto her downed partner, MTV, and then just invites you know, her opponent to just step on her shoulders and do a pinfall attempt. And that's what ends up happening as Mountain Fiji steps on a co- uh, covering Stinky on top of MTV and the referee counts the one, two, three pinfall. So we kind of have like the heel turn, uh, the heel turning on her partner and we have a one, two, three pinfall. Your winner, Mountain Fiji. I mean, heels should turn on each other sometimes. Heels shouldn't get along all the time i mean this is even like you know batman cartoons that eventually joker and penguin are going to try to outdo each other and you know one of them is going to try to take all the money faces in theory should always get along and we're all on the same side but yeah your heels should turn so this honestly made sense to me i would wish that there was some sort of again storyline and you had mtv versus stinky next week Maybe Aunt Kitty can't decide which corner she's supposed to be in or something like that to get it going. Uh, credit, though, to MTV and Stinky because Mount Fiji, she she had that great match last week where she actually worked very well and, and really busted her ass for it. But this match is all MTV and Stinky just bouncing off of her and and making Fiji look good and being the comedy actor, even like that double slam where Fiji picks up both of them. It's more stinking MTV getting it to position and doing the work to assist mountain Fiji for things than it is mountain Fiji herself for a lot of it. Granted, she has the, the strength and size her own, but for her to use it properly is the heels helping her out with it. Um, I was wondering for Stinky, though, uh, because we see her so rarely, if it's possible that she is either Sarah or Mabel under the mask, because we haven't seen her as much. And then I realized, I I saw Stinky's gear, and I said, well, that's impossible, because right there on on her gear and in her hair, she is black and white together. Right. Clearly cannot be connected to Sarah and Mabel. Right. (laughs) She's, Yeah. So then we followed it up with Godiva's Bare Facts. We get MTV's Glow Connection. And then we get match number three on the card, which is Dementia taking on Justice. And Dementia's got a new entrance, guys. Doesn't she, though? I'm I'm kind of digging this whole thing of being, you know, wheeled to the ring in a cage. Here's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. So for this season, they bought this cage, right? So they said, hey. We're going to use it for for Sarah and Mabel's uh, school segment. We might right. as well yep. use it for Dementia's entrance. It's got to be. Lose. Making the most of the, uh, the money, you know, that they've spent and invested on it. Multiple segments. Mm-hmm. 
the cage the cage should have its own like collector's card they actually listened to one of cheyenne shares segments that's yet to air about the importance of using every part of the buffalo great so what did you guys think of this match straight jacket match so of course it's going to end as you expect it it's not a good match at all heavily edited ending too very heavily edited ending Uh, i mean they they end up using a lot of uh replays so that you know you're not seeing the struggle that i'm assuming justice had in trying to get the straight jacket on dementia after the pinfall and uh then we even see the two orderlies or secure i guess it was security uh, I'm thinking of Norman the Lunatic and that straight jacket match that, that he had in WCW here. Um, yeah, it, it, not a good match at all. Was not a fan it, of this. The orderlies as opposed to the disorderlies. Right, which were right. Played by the Fat Boys. Right. That classic <laughs> film. That's 80s MT or 80s HBO, man. Come on now. <laughs> uh, so why don't you go ahead and uh, break down this one? Uh, so Dimensions, of course, led to the ring uh, in a cage by Big Bad Mama. But then Big Bad Mama leaves ringside and Dementia's in her one-on-one match with uh, Justice. This is billed as a straight jacket match. Dementia starts the match choking Justice. We see Justice uh, retort back with a snap nair of her own, taking Dementia to the canvas. We see an Irish whip by Justice and a stiff clothesline knocking Dementia down to the canvas. Dementia ends up scattering out to the floor, and Justice gives chase, only to send Dementia almost immediately back into the ring. We see Justice with a body slam, and she ends up picking up Dementia, gives her a a stiff shot to the gut, and then does a second body slam to Dementia, taking her to the canvas. And then Justice hits a running, or I should say a standing leg drop onto a downed Dementia, and that's it. One, two, three, pinfall victory, your winner, Justice. And then we see a bunch of replays uh, of the match itself, of the spots where Justice is on the offense, giving her time, I guess, to do the straight jacket. And then eventually, after those super glow replay reviews, we see Justice uh, celebrating in the ring as two members of security are shown struggling, still trying to uh, loop up and strap that straight jacket onto dementia. So, ridiculously quick match really stunned by just to show an incredible power here like just manhandling dementia tossing her across the ring and everything um and i mean you wonder what someone with that level of strength and size could have done with focus and training there because there could have been something out of justice with a little more i'm wondering considering the ending here and dementia being put into it that this whole super glow motion replay here and then when they finally come back, she's in straight jacket that this was being botched and screwed up so bad that dementia had to break character and practically put herself into the straight jacket. Probably. And they couldn't air that because it just ruins the whole aspect of the character. Or maybe honestly, what if justice messed it up so bad that dementia reacted verbally, actually yelled out in pain or yelled out, stop or, or any sort of reaction other than the blank catatonic state, her character is supposed to be in. Right. But also kind of, if you were going to pull a match, this would be an easy one to pull too. When you got to edit half of it because of something, why air it at all at that point? You could throw in another little, you know, uh, Tiffany's glow gossip or something in here. 
probably takes up more time than this match did. <laughs> right, right. So then we follow that up with a trying on the glow crown segment. Which I, I thought this so it was fantastic. This was great. The best one, the best one, <laughs> dementia. Dementia biting the rose with the crown on was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I, this, though, my only concern, and I, and I don't mind it, was should have been on last week as well. Right. Yes. It should have been a two-week thing. Hopefully we see it throughout. But um, And I didn't keep track. Hopefully those are the contestants of the tournament. Um, I don't even know. Um Dementia biting it though, um, MTV putting it like trying to range it around her hair, all aquanetted up and yeah. everything, and Vicky getting the pie at the end. Yeah, it was fantastic. Getting crushed with the pie. It was it was a really great segment. Uh, then we followed that up with a shampoo commercial. We get Mountain Fiji's dream sequence with lightning, and that leads us to match number four on the card, which is Godiva and Beastie taking on Thunderbolt and Lightning. Uh, what'd you guys think of the tag match? Uh, unique, uh, like competitive match back and forth with the super, uh, the superhero ladies trying to continuously outshine, uh, the obviously stronger, tougher, bigger girls that they're against. So they're kind of always playing the, uh, you know, the under underdog, uh, opponent here against, uh, beastie and Godiva, uh, I like the fact that we see like an attitude adjustment or FU uh, by Godiva to lightning very close to the start of the match. I thought like I wasn't expecting that kind of maneuver whatsoever. Um, Love the fact that we see a surfboard in the Mm -hmm. match as well. Thought that was great. Wouldn't have expected that at all uh, from um, any of the ladies in, in, in here. I, I'm I'm becoming more and more impressed with some of the ladies and, uh, at their move sets that they're improving. They're trying to get better, putting on um, basically putting on like you know reputable matches uh, against uh, against one another. That's actually quite entertaining. It's such a fluke of a match. It just feels like you, you see everyone come out. And you're like, all right, here we go again. And out of nowhere, there's a good match here. Yeah, absolutely. I was just shocked by. Yeah, so why don't we go ahead and uh, break this one down for us. Hot tag the hell Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Kevin Hellions Big Birthday Boy Breakdown. Kevin, take it Give away. Me a good one, big man. Oh, you got me superheroes for my birthday. I did. I'm going to take care of you. Alright, for those of you who don't listen every day and have just joined it for my birthday celebration, welcome, there'll be cake later. Some would say in some of these matches, there's already plenty of cake. So once an episode, these two pick a match for me to call. I don't know which one it'll be ahead of time, I just go by the notes I write as I'm watching the show. Little notes to remind me to say things after that Decatur usually breaks down a match. So here we have Beastie and Godiva versus Thunderbolt and Lightning. The superhero's rap is so cute. Godiva outdoes Lightning for the start of the match. Beastie bites Lightning while Godiva takes out Thunderbolt. The announcer makes more weight jokes at Godiva's expense. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. It's just ridiculous. 
team name is the Britain and the Beast. I actually enjoy that one a lot. That's cool. Yeah. Godiva looking dominant here. Godiva with a surfboard on Thunderbolt. Godiva whips Thunderbolt, but Thunderbolt catches her with a drop kick, two leg drops, and then a snack, a snapmare. Nice sequence of moves there. Beastie comes in to turn the tide of the match. Beastie double clotheslines the superheroes. Then Beastie bites both of them, and then she goes ahead and slams both of them as well. Beastie catches lightning and slams her face first onto the turnbuckle, and then decides to do it again. Yeah, the, the snake eyes, I was like, ooh, that's stiff. You know, usually you do a snake eyes and just, you know, you kind of toss and let their own momentum so that they can protect themselves coming down. No, she's just like nope. slamming them hard face down. Beastie finally slams Lightning down onto the mat. Thunderbolt comes in, dumps Godiva to the floor. The superheroes double drop kick Beastie. Godiva grabs a chair to come after the superheroes, hands it to Beastie, and Beastie proceeds to sit down in it. <laughs> Take a little break. Mid match. Godiva flips out and tells Beastie what she was supposed to be doing with the chair. It's too late, though, because the referee has seen a chair in the ring, even though it was not used, calls for the disqualification. The superheroes win. Beastie is upset and leaves ringside. However, as she's leaving, she is carrying lightning up in a chokehold, walking through the arena and into the post. Beastie throws lightning into the infamous glow styrofoam post. And that has been your Kevin Hellion's birthday boy breakdown. Uh, Educator, anything you want to add to the match? You didn't talk about the part after the big post, uh, the big post spot here where security tries to drag Beastie off of lightning and poor security kind of almost doing like a choke pull to from behind to pull Beastie off ends up taking a back bump hard on the floor. Oh, I didn't even see that. Oh, yeah. I probably looked down to take notes and didn't even see it. Yeah. Like I said, the the attitude adjustment Godiva did, the the bulldog that she did to Thunderbolt, and then the surfboard to Thunderbolt, I was super impressed with with Godiva in this match. They did fantastic. Like I said, Godiva and Beastie could team up. I'd be more than all right with it. I think the superheroes are really fine in their own here as well. This, This was shockingly good. Beastie's just... The more and more she gets comfortable, she's a comedic genius. Yeah, <laughs> stuff absolutely. that he's doing. She gets funnier and funnier. Yeah, good. Beauty and the be- Beauty and the Beastie. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so let's go to Reform School with Sarah and Mabel, uh, and then follow that up with a shampoo commercial, and then of course Beastie's Beanery. Uh, educator, do you want to? Are you still liking Reform School? Liking Reform School, definitely love the little comic banner back and forth, and then the girls just celebrating after they get the one-up over their teacher. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to the future segments, hopefully, that these girls will continue to have. Excellent. Um, and that leads us to our main event, which is another Run for the Rubies tournament match. And this one features, uh, of course, a fan favorite, Hollywood, taking on Tulsa. And I just want to point out, I'm watching this match, and I'm enjoying the match. It wasn't bad. And I noticed there's a baby stroller right in the front of the crowd. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Oh, uh, what did you guys think of this match? 
Uh, this is the match where from the uh, the start, the opening montage, we see a really good head scissors takeover that's been used as part of the opening for the shows. Um, Hollywood looks amazing, like great stuff. I, I'm wondering if they're they're pushing her and she's working hard. and Maybe she's going to be the next champ. Who knows? Now, before Kevin says anything, I don't want you to say anything, Kevin, because you've already read the spoilers, which you've told us previous. So don't even say a word when me and the educator talk about the future and what we think is going to happen. Okay. Because your yeah. little sly comments will give it away. All right. Because we know you. I refuse to have this spoiled. I want to be entertained and surprised when it goes down. Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down our main event? Tulsa gets booed ridiculously in this match. The crowd loves, loves Hollywood. We see the start of the match. Uh, Tulsa's on the microphone, calls Hollywood the queen of the back alley, just throwing little barbs at her. Hollywood's not having it. She climbs to the top rope to start the match, ends up doing a crossbody block off the top rope. Hollywood hits a running, impressive flying head scissors onto Tulsa to take her to the canvas, begins working an arm bar on Tulsa. Tulsa escapes and does a head scissors lock of her own onto Hollywood. We see Tulsa with a scoop slam, and she ends up stomping down a few times on a down Hollywood. We see Tulsa grab Hollywood double leg uh, takedown and does a giant swing. But Hollywood is able to slowly like do a sit up and grab Hollywood by the hair to escape uh, the the actual swing by doing a body scissors kind of like Rana roll uh, takeover. Hollywood does a two handed arm drag and starts choking Tulsa between the second and the third rope. We see Tulsa kicking Hollywood through the ropes onto the floor Tulsa follows out and gives chase. There's a little bit of brawling at ringside, but eventually Tulsa tosses Hollywood back into the ring. Um, as she tries to hit a running elbow drop, this is Tulsa. Hollywood ends up rolling out of the way, so Tulsa crashes and burns onto the canvas. Hollywood does a modified version of a uh, figure four leg lock, but Tulsa is able to escape with a hair pull and ends up doing a, uh, a knee lift. Uh, to knock uh, Hollywood down to the mat. The crowd is just, you can hear audibly, the crowd is just booing Tulsa. They're just not having it. They love Hollywood. We see Tulsa with a corner Irish whip, but Hollywood does a reversal. Hollywood charges uh, with a big old uh, shot to the gut, and then we end up seeing Hollywood do a swift punt to Tulsa's vagina, knocking, causing Tulsa to double over onto the canvas. Hollywood is now working an arm bar and she ends up climbing to the top rope, holding on to Tulsa, dragging her up, uh, her arm all the way to the top and ends up leaping off of the top rope, doing like a modified arm breaker to Tulsa. Tulsa is able to do once she was knocked down to the canvas. She ends up grabbing Hollywood both handed, does a two handed arm drag. The ladies decide to run on opposing ropes, but Hollywood ends up hitting a running knee lift to the gut causing Tulsa to double over and do a pretty hard front bump where she hits her head, almost spikes her head uh, from that knee lift onto the canvas. Hollywood hits the ropes a la, you know, Hulk Hogan style and ends up trying to do a running leg drop, but ends up missing. Hollywood ducks a running clothesline attempt by Tulsa and ends up countering with a double ax handle to Tulsa's abdomen. 
Hollywood hits a second running flying head scissors and does a big roll up onto Tulsa and gets the one, two, three pinfall victory crowd audibly. So happy your winner of the match and advancing in the run for the rubies tournament is Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood while being heel is certainly hometown favorite or home crowd favorite, I guess here. Um, I was just so happy and impressed, even though this is our quote, you know, new season we're guessing here to see Hollywood's head scissors from the opening of glow finally in a match here. Cause I, I've seen this move done, you know, through 12 previous episodes now, 13, 14, whatever. It was just nice to see it in action during the match here. Um, I am curious, though, what exactly the Mormon swing is. I think I want to... Uh, I can't even think of someone that could use that move today. Should be like a tall wrestler, like a watchtower. Um, I'm not quite sure what Hollywood's modified figure four is. I don't know what else to call it, but it was a good attempt. I think for, for glow-level talent, that was a good attempt at a figure four there. And just, honestly, surprising to see a figure four. Um I, you know, I'm not saying like she was doing it Ric Flair level, but I was really thinking that we might get a good submission victory here for it. Um, why is it like I, I've seen it before and I've made Chris comments before and I'm not quite going for it, but it definitely seems like when a wrestler from behind is kicked in the butt, it's more insulting than actually hitting them. It's like they turn their back and they're not even worth actually attacking. It's just the kick in the butt. It's, it seems insulting in a way for me. Poor Hollywood. Just feel bad for her. Um, I also, like, every time the educator talks about uh, a kick to a certain part of the anatomy, I feel like we need a better name for it. Punt not to the Vaj. Punt to the Vaj. Punt to the... Edit, 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 edit. I was going to say there's an edit this week. I was going to say muff punt, and I felt bad about that. (laughs) It should be a disqualification, though, really, shouldn't it? A crotch kick? I don't know. Like, if you purposely do an MMA, or even in, quote, male wrestling, isn't it usually a DQ? It's a low blow. It's a low blow, yeah. I mean, sensitive. I will say, the amount of times I've seen women uh, fight or accidentally get hit by each other or whatever, I've heard more women upset over a punch to the boob, though, and the pain that that causes. Are you done, Kevin? Yeah. yeah. Musing about kicking women in their nether regions? I would never hurt a woman's nether region. All right, so we follow that up with a mirror, mirror segment. We get our Don't Do Drugs PSA from Hollywood. Uh, we get a country girl dates. Then let's roll our credits. Uh, Zelda does not know how to wear glow t-shirts. Hers is on backwards. And or then, Zelda. Uh, Johnny C once again uh, deals with Daisy at the end here. Yeah. Daisy beats up the ref to start and Johnny C at the end. I'm liking it. She's just anti-authority. We were saying face turn for her and then make her champion. She could have. She should have beaten Anachka. The missed opportunity I- there. It was a missed opportunity. I think then there would all now be the story of her trying to break away uh, from Gremlina as the champion. <laughs> it would be like the yeah. Gremlina family, like the heated family. Right, Gremlina's exactly. monster of the week going after Daisy. It books right. itself. Right exactly. It books itself. So 
Uh, what, what did you guys think? Do you think this is a much, I personally think this is a much needed turn from the format we have, even though it's still um, a lot of the same segments, Zelda zingers, bare facts, uh, glow gossip. It's, it's, it's turned just enough where the focus isn't on Nanachka. It's not as it's not a foregone conclusion. I don't know where right. we're going with it, which is good. Right now, I know educator. You don't know where they're going with it. I don't know where we're going. I have no idea. But our birthday boy Kevin knows where we're going with it. So, I I, I will say here we go. I think this new format is making matches matter. Yes, which yeah. didn't we didn't have before. Yeah, because we don't have that dominating champion. We don't know who's going to end up on top. Um, I, I think it is it is making us pay more attention to them. And it seems like the matches are getting better. They are. Yeah, I'm very impressed with the Hollywood Tulsa match um, and just improve with Godiva's work very much. I feel like very, the, very the tag team it. wrestling has gotten a lot better because I yeah. really liked the cheerleaders tag team offense in the, in the first episode. Um, and then, of course, you know, the Beastie Godiva, the Beauty and the Beastie tag team. Uh, that right. match with Thunderbolt and Lightning was was pretty good as well. Yeah, something definitely clicked for a lot of them in between these tapings. Yeah. Um, so that's going to do it, guys. Another episode of Glow in the Books. Did it, man. All good in the hood, said Sarah and Mabel. Um, <laughs> so that's going to do it for us. Uh, educator, what do you want to say to the people out there? A big thank you to our listeners who tune in every Thursday. By all means, please take a peek at the Retro Network. Uh, a big thank you to my colleagues here. Always fun to get together, chit-chat about old wrestling nostalgia. Uh, looking forward to uh, future event, future episodes here in the direction which we're, we're kind of heading towards. Yeah, and I just want to thank everyone uh, for listening to us today, listening to us on Monday, listening to us every week. Really appreciate it. I do want to thank the Retro Network for all they do for us. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful community of people uh, coming together to discuss retro things. Never in a million years would I think I would be talking glow with these guys and having people out there listen to us. Uh, you can follow me always on Twitter, at Maddie Treats. Once again, that is at Maddie Treats. And Mr. Kevin Hellions, number one, happy birthday. Number two, take us home. All right. Thank you guys for another great show. Thank you to the Retro Network for hosting us. Thank you to Pluto, Tubi, or Amazon Prime, whatever your service is of choice to watch along with us. Thank you, Richard Reader and Jason Gross, for our logo. You can follow us across the internet at TRN House Show. You can follow Matt online at Maddie Treats. You can follow me online at Masked Library. MaskedLibrary.com is the home blog. Go ahead and check out the show notes for links to the Patreon account, links to the merchandise, and all sorts of cool stuff. And uh, treats. Yeah. So have, I've, I've been debating my own glow name. Okay. This. And I, and I think a lot of them come up with things that the person naturally has, like justice being called justice kind of makes sense. So I think I need a name that really encompasses my slacking, you know, my, my laissez-faire attitude. And also, um, I did go to Catholic school, okay. you know, for, for K to 12. So I, I think I came up with a name that, uh, encompasses all that for my new girl name. Oh, really? I, I didn't know that. I'd love yeah. to hear it. Yeah, I think my name will be Off in Church. Off in Church? 
off in church. I don't get it. Well, because no one beats off in church. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. You tell him. You, you, you tell him, Declan. Do you want to tell Matt? You tell him. You're saying don't laugh too hard? I know, he's laughing way too hard. He thinks he's too funny, Declan. Am I funny? No. Yes. Oh, thank you. Oh, what a nice pair. I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) I wasn't either. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.